Hello and welcome to the Good Mood Podcast. My name is Dr. Talia Marcajani. I'm a naturopathic doctor and I've dedicated my practice to learning everything there is to know about optimizing mental and emotional health. In this podcast, we answer the question, what does it take to live a life of truth, beauty, freedom, vitality, purpose, and joy? In a mix of solo episodes and interviews, I'll be talking about all the things that fascinate me, nutrition, nature, the latest science, psychology and psychotherapy, mindfulness and meditation, supplementation, and more. I'm so excited to have you here. In today's solo episode, I'm going to be talking about my five favorite nutrients for patients with depression. Obviously, as a naturopathic doctor, I am an advocate for individualized medicine, which I believe begins with a thorough initial intake, and then the development of a care plan based on all the information and data that my patient and I collect together. However, there's often overlap in many treatment plans, and these are the five nutrients that I find benefit most cases of depression and anxiety. And so when it comes to improving mood, most of us will do anything, including taking boatloads of pills. And one of the challenges I face as a naturopathic doctor is choosing which supplements to prescribe my patients. In the realm of natural medicine, we have what seems like an infinite amount of options. And if you go to a health food store and take a look at the shelves, it can be very overwhelming. I can prescribe herbs for regulating the stress response, for calming inflammation, or zenning out the brain. I can prescribe amino acids, like 5-HTP, which help regulate chemicals in the brain. I can recommend the hottest new products, like collagen or a greens powder, or the newest superfood. There are also a host of nutrients that the brain and body need for optimal functioning. But as a clinician, I try to keep my list of supplement recommendations to a maximum of five, barring extenuating circumstances letting diet and lifestyle do the rest of the heavy lifting. And this means that I work in layers. When I see a new patient, I start by prescribing nutrients that fill in nutritional gaps as we work with my six main pillars of health foundations. But the next layer is addressing nutrient deficiencies. And perhaps my patients are showing signs of deficiency based on their health histories, diet diaries, or blood results, Or perhaps they just need a bit of more nutrient support in the face of physical, mental, emotional, and environmental stressors. After they start to notice improvement, we might move on to clearing more layers using herbs or therapies or doing things like acupuncture or mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. This is usually where we're regulating hormonal imbalances, and I like to use herbs for this layer. But naturopathic medicine does not believe in one-size-fits-all treatment plans, and so if I see two patients with depression on the same day, both may receive entirely different plans. I base my recommendations on the person and his or her unique biography and biology, not the condition. However, because I try to keep my supplement suggestions to a minimum when I work with patients with depression, these five nutrients continue to appear on my list. So let's talk about them. So number one is fish oil. And so while most antidepressant therapies target the brain, we know that depression isn't simply a brain disorder. Depression is a complex condition impacted by our genes, physical health, social and physical environments, things like early childhood traumas, current stressors, nutrient status, and many, many other factors. 
Our minds and bodies are connected and therefore depression is as much a product of the health of our bodies and our environments as it is of our brains. Mounting evidence shows that inflammation in the body plays a major role in depression. Since the 90s, scientists have found inflammatory cytokines, which are immune system molecules that can cause inflammation, like IL-6 and TNF-alpha, elevated in the blood of depressed individuals. And when pro-inflammatory substances like lipopolysaccharide, LPS, or interferon-alpha, which is traditionally used to treat hepatitis C, another inflammatory cytokine, um, are injected into healthy individuals, they can cause symptoms of depression, like lack of motivation and pleasure and feelings of sadness. And then on the flip side of that, so we know that inflammatory substances can induce symptoms of depression, anti-inflammatory substances can work as effective antidepressants. The omega-3 fatty acid, and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, eicosapentaenoic acid, or EPA, which is found in fatty fish like salmon and sardines, is a well-known anti-inflammatory nutrient. A study found that supplementing with EPA prevented depressive symptoms in individuals who were injected with the inflammatory cytokine interferon-alpha. Fish oil contains the omega-3 fatty acids EPA and another one called docosahexaenoic acid, or DHA. Both of these marine omegas are found in certain fatty fish, and those fatty fish can be remembered by an acronym SMASH. And so the S stands for sardines, the M mackerel, anchovies, salmon, and herring, and also trout. Fish oil supplements combine EPA and DHA. And DHA forms our brain mass. It's needed for developing the brain and nervous system of growing babies. And so it's indicated in pregnant and breastfeeding women who need higher amounts, whereas EPA confers the anti-inflammatory benefits. And this is more useful in people with depression. A meta-analysis, which is a big study composed of 15 randomized controlled trials, so this is the gold standard in our evidence hierarchy, which involved almost 1,000 participants, found that fish oil was an effective therapy for treating depression as long as the fish oil contained over 60% EPA relative to DHA. Another review of these studies showed that omega-3 fish oil supplementation reduced depressive symptoms in children and adults by 50%. When it comes to supplementing with fish oil for depression, it's the EPA that that counts, not the DHA. And more fish oil seems to be better. Studies show that the best antidepressant actions dose participants with at least one gram of EPA per day. Some studies gave patients two grams of EPA or more per day. Supplements that showed the most benefit contained higher amounts of EPA relative to DHA. So a 100-gram serving of wild Atlantic salmon contains about 400 milligrams EPA, while farmed Atlantic salmon actually contains more EPA, 700 milligrams of EPA per 100 grams of fish. While consuming fatty fish like sardines and pasture-raised rather than grain-fed animals can increase our dietary ratio of omega-3 to omega-6, which is general health benefits, Supplementation with a high EPA fish oil is probably necessary in order to get the one to two grams of EPA per day that has been shown to reduce depressive symptoms. So it's important to look at the label of the fish oil that you're considering buying because there's a difference between grams of fish oil, grams of omega-3, which would include 
EPA and DHA, and grams of EPA. So you want to look at the label and you want to see how many pills or how many teaspoons of liquid you would have to take to achieve that one gram of EPA per serving. So my second favorite supplement for depression is an active B complex. So B vitamins are cofactors for thousands of reactions in the body, and cofactor means helper. They help enzymes and cellular processes work. And without these helpers, important jobs in our body just won't get done. And this, of course, can have major implications for our mental health. So, for example, the vitamins B6 and folate are needed to convert the amino acids tryptophan and 5-HTP into serotonin, which is our happy hormone. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter, a brain signaling molecule, which is responsible in a large part for managing our mood. It soothes depression and anxiety. It regulates appetite, memory, and even sexual desire. It's the main target of conventional antidepressant therapies. The SSRI selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor medications like Prozac or Ciprolex are thought to raise brain chemicals, brain levels of this chemical. Both B12, which is important for energy production and neuronal health, and folate, which is important for DNA repair, detoxification, and reducing inflammation, have been found to be low in patients who suffer from depression. A B12 deficiency, which can result in fatigue, memory loss, and low mood, can also mimic the symptoms of depression. It's important to supplement with an active form of the B vitamins. And this means buying and consuming a B-complex or multivitamin that contains B12 and folate in their active forms. The active form of B12 is methylcobalamin, and the active form of folate is methylfolate or 5-methyltetrahydrofolate or 5-MTHF. So this, again, is important to look on the label of your um, your. B-complex or multivitamin to make sure that the B vitamins are in this methylated form. Individuals who have a genetic mutation that prevents them from efficiently converting folic acid, which is a synthetic vitamin found in cheap supplements and fortified grains like wheat and rice, to activate folate, are highly represented in the, in the major depressive disorder population. So this is a gene called MTHFR, which looks a little bit like what you might think, <laughs> C677T, and is associated with lower blood levels of folate and therefore an increased risk of depression. And so you can learn more about folic acid MTHFR mutations on an article that I have in my blog that I'll link in the, in the notes. B vitamins are also needed by the mitochondria, which are the powerhouses of our cells. They make energy to keep us alive. By helping our mitochondria work properly, B vitamins can help reduce inflammation, boost energy production, and promote antioxidant synthesis. And we can find B vitamins in our food, in things like egg, egg yolks and liver, and the only dietary sources of B12 are found in animal foods, which makes it very difficult for vegans and vegetarians to get B12 without supplementing. Folate is abundant in leafy green vegetables. Physical, mental, emotional, and environmental stressors can create a higher demand for the B vitamins, and it might not be uh, possible to get them just from food if you have a higher stress lifestyle or just live in this modern world that we all live in. The B vitamins are water-soluble, excreted in the urine, and they're not stored. Therefore, to support neurotransmitter synthesis and energy levels, 
in my patients with depression, I often prescribe a good quality B complex supplement to complement their diets. And we can look at B12 levels in the, the blood of patients and, and from there approximate whether they might benefit from a B complex. Um, you can also look at um, other markers like methylmalonic acid and homocysteine to gauge if somebody's absorbing um, their B, B12 properly. Number three is magnesium. Magnesium comes in at number three, but it might be my favorite thing. <laughs> and so because my clinical focus is mental health, hormones, and digestion, almost everyone gets magnesium despite, you know, we, we are definitely individualized, but magnesium is such an important nutrient for all of the conditions that I see. And it's such a common nutrient that to be deficient in. So like B vitamins, magnesium works as a cofactor. It's a mineral. It's involved in helping with over 800 chemical processes in the body, and they just won't get done without it. We need magnesium to make cellular energy in the mitochondria, to produce neurotransmitters like serotonin, to repair DNA, and many other jobs. Due to soil deficiency, perhaps, or low intake, um, or um, excess demand because of stress or decreased absorption, it's estimated that about 40 to 60% of North Americans are probably magnesium deficient. And only 1% of the magnesium in our bodies is present in our blood. And so if you've gotten your magnesium tested and it was in the normal range, it's probably not reflecting your actual magnesium stores. So you can't really test for deficiency and therefore we need to rely on symptoms and things like your food journal to detect, you know, if you're probably getting enough magnesium or if you need more. And magnesium is, is a potent muscle relaxer. So deficiencies can show up wherever muscles are contracted rather than relaxed. So this could include constipation because of poor intestinal motility, muscle aches, and pains, frequent urination due to contracted bladder muscles. So waking up frequently in the middle of the night to urinate because your functional bladder capacity is reduced. Things like menstrual cramps, headaches, especially migraines, and high blood pressure from constricted blood vessels could also be signs of magnesium deficiency due to this issue with muscle relaxation. Other symptoms of deficiency could be insomnia, anxiety, sensitivity to loud noises. And things like PMS, insulin resistance, and sugar cravings could all be uh, indications of magnesium deficiency as well. So you can see a lot of things that I work with. Now, we can get magnesium from leafy greens like spinach and chard. Uh, however, most individuals will probably need to supplement to stock up their magnesium levels, particularly if experiencing stress, fatigue, anxiety, or depression. And like the B vitamins, magnesium is water-soluble, excreted in the urine in response to stress. A, a 2017 randomized controlled trial that was published in PLOS One found that 248 milligrams of magnesium chloride decreased the PHQ-9 score, which is a depression rating scale, of those with mild to moderate depression by almost five points. And this is actually comparable to a standard antidepressant medication. And this is actually quite a low dose of magnesium. We, we often start people at 300 milligrams. And the, the form of magnesium used in this study is not typically the form I tend to prescribe um, as it's not as well absorbed. So just um, tweaking the magnesium, the magnesium um, 
dose of these patients had a pretty good um, result on, on their depression score. They also found in this study that the effects were well tolerated and benefits were seen in as little as two weeks. So in my practice, I prescribe magnesium glycinate typically, but also um, other forms like citrate and threonate, um, which are better absorbed forms. And I typically prescribe it before bed to help my patients sleep better. And magnesium can have a little bit of a sedating effect. We might start with 100 to 200 milligrams a night and then increase that amount by every three to four days or until patients are having a bowel movement on waking. And this technique is called prescribing to bowel tolerance. So once you hit a a certain threshold of magnesium, stools tend to be looser. And so we want to hit that point where we're avoiding the loose, watery stools that can happen when magnesium supplementation is taken way overboard. A side effect of taking too much magnesium is loose stools or soft stools that fall apart in the toilet. Um, And this can be corrected just by simply lowering the dose. So in this way, we're trying to establish what is the ideal dose for a patient for taking magnesium in order to manage their stress, their mood, their energy levels, and to reduce muscle tension. Number four of the key nutrients that I love for depression is vitamin D. So about 70 to 90% of North Americans are deficient in vitamin D. And vitamin D acts like a steroid hormone rather than an actual vitamin. It regulates over a thousand genes in our body. Our skin makes vitamin D when it comes into contact with UVB radiation from the sun. And so those of us who live in northern climates with limited sun exposure, like Canada, don't make enough vitamin D and, and, and probably need to supplement, especially during the winter months. So not having enough vitamin D is like not having enough testosterone or estrogen. It's a hormone, and so it's doing all of these different jobs in the body. So vitamin D is doing all kinds of different things, but one of the things it does is regulate a gene called tryptophan hydroxylase 2. And what this gene does is it converts the amino acid tryptophan, um, which is a component of protein, and you can only obtain this from diets found in foods like pumpkin seeds and poultry, and it converts tryptophan to serotonin, which is, again, that happy hormone in the brain. So without vitamin D, are we getting this conversion? Is this happening? Are we, are we taking the tryptophan from our food and making it into serotonin? Low vitamin D concentration has been associated with depression. However, researchers aren't sure if the relationship is causal because maybe low vitamin D status can put you at risk for developing depression Or maybe if you have depression, you are at risk for low vitamin D because maybe you don't go outside as much or get as much sun. So it's not possible to establish cause and effect from that one study. There there haven't been studies that show that vitamin D can impact depression. Um, And I haven't found that just prescribing vitamin D has a major impact on mood. So if I just recommend vitamin D to a patient, I'm not necessarily expecting that they're going to come back in a month and tell me all, you know, how wonderful they feel. But it's likely that, that things like vitamin D act as part of a network in the context of our whole body in conjunction with other vitamins and minerals like magnesium. And, and magnesium is important actually for converting vitamin D into the active form. And so vitamin D is just one piece in this very interconnected web that might be essential for us to function optimally. So vitamin D is fat-soluble, and a lot of people take it in this sort of chalky form, 
Like you can get at Costco and that might not be well absorbed because in that, in, if you're not taking vitamin D in a, in a um, fat delivery method, like a gel capsule or in drops, it might not get absorbed. So I prescribe vitamin D, usually uh, the uh, D3, the active form of the vitamin in, in drop form typically. And these drops are suspended in fats like coconut or flax oil, and that just makes them easier for the body to absorb. And potentially they can be absorbed without um, taking them with a fatty meal, like you would have to do with the chalky tablets. And so we don't know, it, you know, whether this is the case of the chicken or the egg with vitamin D and mood, but we do know that supporting vitamin D status is likely essential for optimal health because it's such an important hormone in our body. It's important for managing immune function, reducing inflammation, which we know is one of the cornerstones of depressive symptoms. It reduces the risk of osteoporosis because it helps regulate the calcium balance in our body and in our bones. And then it does regulate mood through its action with serotonin and tryptophan. The Framingham study found that patients who had low levels of vitamin D had poor mental functioning and reduced volume of a brain region called the hippocampus. The hippocampus is responsible for memory formation and for regulating our emotions and mood. Reduced hippocampal volume, so a a shrinking hippocampus, can be the result of stress, and it's a major risk factor for developing major depression and a consequence of major depressive disorder. And there's a sweet spot to optimal vitamin D levels. So it's a fat-soluble vitamin. It can be stored. And so that means that there is a toxic level. And so I like to measure my patient's blood and to be able to tweak the dose that we're prescribing them to make sure that we're in the sweet spot for optimal immune function and optimal mood. Number five, last but not least, is zinc. So zinc is the catalyst for hundreds of enzymes in the brain. Zinc helps to make serotonin, norepinephrine, and dopamine, which are all brain chemical targets for antidepressive therapies and all have a role to play in mood. There is a major concentration of zinc in the hippocampus, which we just talked about, that brain region that can be affected by depression and uh, whose shrinkage can affect depression. And studies show that zinc plays a role in supporting neurogenesis which is the creation of new brain cells by stimulating something called brain-derived neurotropic factor, BDNF. BDNF is this miracle growth for neurons, and it's a key ingredient for boosting mood. It creates new brain cells, and it's uh, very tightly connected to our mood states. Antidepressants are thought to actually work not by their, their serotonin actions, but actually because they may increase brain levels of BDNF, which protects the brain against stress and helps us come up with different solutions and, uh, and to, be, to resiliently combat the situations in our lives. Plasma zinc concentrations um, tend to be lower in people with major depressive disorder. And animal studies can show that if you deplete zinc, it can cause major depression. There is a study, uh, so it was a study of 50 overweight or obese patients who were, they were assigned to receive either 30 milligrams of zinc or placebo. And after 12 weeks, the group who received zinc experienced a greater reduction in the severity of their depression and an increase in the levels of BDNF in their brains. And we can boost BDNF through exercise, through engaging in really cognitively stimulating tasks in, you know, in play and with sunlight and good sleep. 
So basically all the things that are good for your mood and your body tend to boost BDNF. Zinc is also an important nutrient for supporting the immune system and for managing inflammation. So besides depression, other signs of zinc deficiency could include skin issues like dry skin and acne, potentially infertility, issues with the gut membrane, so gut membrane integrity issues, so this quote-unquote leaky gut or intestinal permeability that may be associated with chronic inflammation. Zinc deficiency could also result in hair loss, issues with testosterone and estrogen balance, poor immune function, and fatigue. And dietary sources of zinc are they they are possible to get in from plants, but they tend to be harder to come by for veg- vegans and vegetarians. And vegans and vegetarians tend to be at higher risk for developing zinc deficiency. Zinc can be found in red meat, shellfish, but also in lentils and pumpkin seeds. And you can get a really good dose of zinc from oysters. I typically prescribe zinc the way I prescribe iron, which means in pulse doses. And so this means that I'll, I might recommend that patients work through a bottle of zinc, taking maybe 30 to 100 milligrams per day, and this is not medical advice. And and then while we work together to assess whether their symptoms are improving, and then we decide if we're going to continue zinc supplementation, because it, it is something that we can load into our bodies. However, iron, which we can measure by looking at its storage molecule, ferritin, we can't really accurately measure zinc in blood. So like magnesium, zinc deficiency in the body's tissues may be present long before zinc levels start to decrease in our blood. And so again, if you have, if your zinc blood levels are in the normal range, it might not mean a lot for your actual tissue levels. And so I just want to end this. Those are the five key nutrients that I that I recommend for my patients with depression, five nutrients that I tend to take as part of my daily supplement regime. And, uh, and I also just want to end this by saying, remember that this information is not a substitute for medical advice and doesn't replace the one-to-one relationship with a naturopathic doctor or other practitioner. And I really believe that it is essential to work one-on-one with an ND or the practitioner of your choice who can make the appropriate recommendations for you um, because we want to do a personalized consultation that can assess your diet, your blood work, your health history, your specific symptoms, and then put all that information together to come up with a plan that works for you. And the plan may include any of these five supplements or all of them in addition to other very important foundational components. So thank you guys for listening.